You are listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast. With Sandy Almendares, Editor-in-Chief. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. And welcome to a Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Sandy Almendares, and on the phone, I've got Lisa Mabe, who is the founder and CEO of Green Purse PR. Hi, Lisa. Hi there. Good morning, Sandy, or should I say Ohio Gazaimasu, which is Japanese for good morning. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, so that's basically what we're going to talk about. Uh, thank you for introducing the subject, Lisa. Uh, we are going to talk about... The Japanese retail landscape, uh, Lisa was in Japan, I believe in February of this year, um, and she went to check out the uh, grocery and natural specialty health food stores in Japan, and um, she, post- she posted a blog about it, and I read it, and I just thought we should get, definitely get you on a podcast to share some of your experiences and what uh, the, the U.S.-based companies can learn uh, about the Japanese landscape. So uh, let's, let's get started. Um, what made you want to explore a Japanese natural product landscape? So this was my first time to Japan. And Japan is just one of those places that a lot of Americans like myself are already interested in, especially from a food perspective. There's so much that Japan produces that we all know it for. It's quite well known for, um, you know, there's, there's lots of things that Americans would certainly have in their homes that come from Japan, from cars and technology products the toys and food. It's interesting once you get there too, you start to realize they make even more than you might have initially thought because you're there in contact really seeing it all. Uh, The theme for my business, Green Purse PR, is to be what I say constantly curious. That ties in very nicely with shopper research. So as a result, everywhere I go, I want to learn all I can about shoppers there, especially women and mothers. And the foundation of my business is really built upon understanding how health-conscious female shoppers around the world are shopping for natural products. So I've shopped with women now in Japan, um, the USA, Malaysia, Australia, Greece, the United Arab Emirates, a whole lot of other places. And I just think it's so fascinating and also extremely important for brands whose products are sold in those markets to understand how shoppers are learning about products in their category how they perceive them, how they use them, and how they share news about those products with people in their everyday lives. So I was there in Japan already conducting research, custom research for a client of mine, and also made it a holiday while I was there with my husband, and then also did my own research just to really have an in-depth look at natural products, specialty food, and um, really just get a, a good idea of what Japan has to offer, as well as what opportunity may exist for American companies who want to launch into that market? Well, when I think of the food, I think of green tea because uh, that's something that I use every day. Uh, I, I love it, and I'm quite addicted to it. But um, well, tea there is really on another level, especially matcha tea. That is just hugely popular. I'm sure anyone who's on Instagram and follows anything uh, food-related would see matcha tea lattes, green-looking lattes, all over Instagram here in America. There's been a few um, cafes and restaurants, especially on the two coasts, starting out on the West Coast, uh, that have really made that super popular in the last year, and that's coming from Japan. 
matcha tea, there's a matcha tea flavor for everything in Japan from smoothies, pancakes, chocolate. I mean, this is not natural, but I saw like even like Kit Kat bars, which are matcha flavored or wasabi flavored. Lots of really unique flavors in every product of category, not just food, uh, but wasabi, peach is really huge there. And then also sakura or cherry blossom, which I found really interesting. That's in like even cosmetic products and hair products. Really interesting, the um, unique flavors and ingredients that they have. That's interesting. And then from the, your blog, you, you notice that it's not just about like the, the actual products, right? So speaking specifically of tea, that's, it's about like the ritual. So I found that, that really fascinating that we, you know, here in the West, we, we take the products and, and lose the, the slowness of it. Yeah, that was super interesting. I mean, of course, here in America, we have a very big competitive market for tea products already. So tea is, you know, nothing new, so to speak, from an American perspective. But yeah, the uh, the ceremony that goes along with it, just from all the different sorts of products that they use and the layout of things on the table, like the little teacups and all these ceramic uh, textiles that they have. It's just it just makes it a very special event. So instead of just pouring a glass of tea or a cup of tea real quick, you actually have to slow down, take a moment and appreciate it. And I saw that come to life in so many different ways around all sorts of different products, food included, beverages included. And it just makes everything special, uh, which I absolutely love that part of Japanese culture. So what are some of like the big takeaways that the, the food and beverage brands in the United States can, can take away from, from what you saw in Japan? Well, for starters, it seems like Japan just has everything. Uh, very similar to the United States in some, some regards uh, from like the grocery and, you know, specialty food and natural product stores. They have a wide variety of um, layouts and formats of stores to choose from. They, they really do have everything. When I was in supermarkets or specialty food stores, I didn't see a whole lot of natural product stores, to be honest. There are a few here and there, but it's mostly, you know, supermarkets or specialty independent food stores, that sort of thing. Uh, but when I was there having a look around, I just wanted to buy everything and bring it back with me. Um, I had to look at each aisle thinking, which of these products could I see on supermarket shelves in the USA? And everyone's familiar with the app, Google Translate. There's also, in case you don't know, there's a, a mobile version on your phone where it utilizes your camera. So you can automatically translate languages like Japanese text into English. So that was very handy as you're browsing aisles and you're thinking, oh, that's cute. What's that? I have no idea what that says because I don't know Japanese, not yet at least. So um, that was very handy to have a look around. Um, so I was using that as well as at times during my trip, I also had a Japanese speaking translator who could fill me in on what some of the signage was saying and, and packaging. And I thought I found a lot of products that could do quite well here in America. So Japan is best known for sushi, rice, uh, sake, beer, ramen, beef is really big there. I mean, meat in general. Wow. I felt like some of the meals I was having was, we say plant forward here a lot in the United States. There was very meat forward. Uh, and I work a lot with meat meat products and meat brands. So that was fine with me, but Wagyu and Kobe, absolutely amazing. Um, tea, 
I mean, th- those product categories alone cover a lot of territory, but I think there's still so much more that Japan has to offer the world. And specifically, I think um, a millennial aged experience seeking consumers here in America would certainly appreciate and value a lot of the products that are coming there, ranging from natural food products, snacks, um, even candy products. They're huge um, for candy products there and um, cosmetics, beauty care, all sorts of interesting things that I believe would do well here in the U.S. I should note, too, um, some of the unique products I found included things like sauces, So cooking sauces, soy sauce, these types of things. I mean, wow, I've just never seen such a huge selection of those types of products. Dried fruit, dried seafood. So, you know, we're quite familiar with the seaweed snacks that are currently so popular amongst American children. There's That's just a a very small step into that dried seafood category. Um, I went to the, the fish market in Tokyo And I was like, what in the world are these things? I mean, it's just amazing the, um, you know, the opportunity for how you can dry some of these seafood products and make them as a healthy, quick on-the-go snack. So I think that would be really interesting to have here in the United States, as well as peas, of course, honey even, as well as noodles. And of course, we do have some of these already um, in the United States, but I think there's potential for them to go a little bit more mainstream. So not being siloed just to the ethnic food stores or the Asian food stores, but to be more so in the mainstream American supermarkets. Well, all of this sounds lovely. And and I'm, uh, I'm wondering how, how full your suitcase was uh, on the way home. I definitely brought one empty suitcase that I could fill up with gifts and fun things to bring back. So yes, Anyone going to Japan for the first time, that's, that's definitely a must. Take a, a, a small like duffel bag that you can cram into your suitcase and pop it out and expand it with uh, all the things you buy. There's, there's so many cool things to, to see and buy there. So we mentioned this a little bit with the, with the slowness and ritual, but presentation, as you noted on the blog, is huge in Japan. Um, what do you think that U.S. companies can learn from this? Yes, presentation is taken extremely serious here. In the higher-end specialty stores especially, you'll see beautiful merchandising. The staff inside the grocery stores really take a lot of pride in their work and are just obsessing over the details. Um, While I was there, I was checking in on a couple of products, whose uh, clients' products who were sold there, and they just looked absolutely perfect. Um, There was one... um, beef company that I was having a look at their product. And sometimes you might see a little bit of, you know, kind of red runniness in a package of meat. None of that. I mean, it just looked absolutely perfect. And I noticed a lot of the store staff coming behind shoppers and very quick to fix things if someone put something out of order. But even shoppers seem to take great care for when they're um, going through stores and browsing that they don't mess up the order of something. And I think that really would come down to um, a pretty significant cultural difference from us, the whole individualism versus collectivism. Japan is definitely a collectivist culture, meaning that they value the group, the community, or the society over the individual. And that manifests itself in the way that they treat things that other people are going to encounter. And um, yeah, it, it makes for a very pleasant shopping experience. So the way a product is merchandised can help to immediately attract the shopper's attention. And if done really well, 
can attract their curiosity and make them pick something up and buy it. I myself uh, was drawn to several beautiful product displays uh, several times, and that made me, you know, go over there and, and check out those products and eventually buy them in the first place. If they hadn't have looked so gorgeous to begin with, that I may have just, you know, glazed over them. But um, yeah, presentation is absolutely perfect. I think that'll make a lot of American companies who sell a more premium product that do want to take extra care in the way their product is merchandised, have things at eye level, make sure that it's able to be seen by the shopper. They will be extremely pleased with how well taken care of their product will be looked after by the store staff. Makes sense. You gave us some ideas of, of what you think products could be in the United States from your experience in Japan, but are there other tips that you would give for U.S.-based brands um, now that you've, you've seen the, the Japanese landscape? Certainly. So I do work with a few brands who have products sold there in Japan already. And like the USA, Japan is definitely a big consumer market to consider launching products into. Japan has a, a very strong, well-educated consumer market with shoppers who have sophisticated taste and money to spend. But that said, Japanese shoppers are quite different from American shoppers. They're learning about products differently, and they're also looking for different product attributes when shopping. So for example, while there are certainly, I, I saw lots of organic products in Japan, but not nearly as sought after um, for, as a label as here in the United States. So I was asking um, some of the shoppers about um, like, USDA certified organic or just organic in general. I, I was seeing that label uh, on several products there, as well as things like grass-fed, um, you know, cruelty-free or whatever it may be, all these different third-party labels. And to be honest, um, things like natural, organic, or, or chemical-free were not really top of mind for the shoppers that I spoke with. But what was top of mind for them was things like food cleanliness or cleanliness of the product, safety. And then also country of origin, super interested to know where things are coming from. And Japan, of course, produces quite a lot of products and food itself, but there are still certainly a lot of products coming from other places around the world. And lucky for us here in the United States, American products seem to be perceived very well in Japan. I spotted several products that I know from back home, and shoppers seem to be generally interested um, and value products that are coming from America. For American companies looking to launch into the Japanese market, I highly recommend getting to know the shoppers and the retail landscape first. That may mean going there in person or perhaps having someone go there directly and, and shopping with people to understand how they buy in a particular category. Uh, simply having Japanese language on your product packaging, which by the way is a requirement anyway, as you might assume, that's not enough. Um, shopping along with and getting to know the consumers is a must. Also investing in a consumer awareness campaign that's in Japanese and also culturally relevant is super important. And for some of the clients I work with, that has meant you know, me seeking out and hiring a local public relations consultancy that's going to be able to craft relevant messaging and imagery, as well as something like perhaps a digital communications campaign that may be social media centric. Um, or perhaps advertising, and then possibly even influencer campaigns. But I think the messaging and everything down to imagery, graphics, and whatnot is going to be quite significantly different than how we would have things here in the United States. So 
it is going to be more than just a quick translate exercise to get your product in shape for the Japanese market. If you really want to succeed and not just kind of dip your toe in, but do really well, you are going to have to certainly invest a little bit of time, money, and effort into doing things the Japanese way. Retailers there can also be quite open to in-store education, uh, which I was pleasantly surprised with. It seems like they're more open to it than what we're used to in the United States market. So from a signage at the point of sale to in-store demos and sampling, I saw that a lot in Japanese stores there. And then also collaborating on shopper marketing directly with your retail partners can be a valuable and effective way to reach the right type of Japanese consumer. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for joining me today to talk about, about the, the Japanese landscape. It's something that I'm, I'm certainly not familiar with, um, so we really, really appreciate your insights. Thank you, Sandy. Appreciate your time. I should also say arigato. Thank you in Japanese. Love it. Thank you. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.